we know according to quantum physics that everything is energy. Energy and matter exist at the same time. So a duality. So if you look at energy in motion as emotion, okay, so emotions, how we feel, are really just an expression of our energetic state. If you were to change your physiological state, even just by your posture, you can invoke a new emotion. You're listening to This Life Explains It All. With the creators of Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world. On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or are going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you. We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time. Hey guys, it's Kat and Stefania. You're listening to This Life Explains It All, Vera's podcast. And we are so excited to bring you this episode today. We have Niraj Naik on the episode. You may have heard of him as the renegade pharmacist. Niraj spent years as a pharmacist, traditionally trained in pharmacology. And over time, he began to see the negative effects that using prescription drugs for chronic illnesses, note chronic, were having on patients. Later, as he began suffering from worsening autoimmune disease himself, he knew there had to be a better way. He was faced with having to get his colon removed at 31. He turned to Ayurvedic healing, breathwork, and a total shift in the mindset he had on life to completely heal himself from ulcerative colitis. He developed a method rooted in ancient modalities that has helped heal countless others of chronic autoimmune disease, among other ailments as well. Yeah, this conversation is so moving. And one of the things that Naraj talks about is how our view on life and mental state are just as important, if not more, than what goes into our bodies. So if we're not waking up every day excited to get our day started, and then we're actually at risk for chronic illnesses because we're putting a lot of mental stress on our bodies. Yeah, he shares the specific three things to look for to understand if you're at risk for autoimmune. And so that was one of the big ones. I love how he gives really specific tangible examples though. Like he gives us a lot of questions to ask ourselves, but also gives us a lot of the science in a really digestible way behind how the body works. So what causes constriction and inflammation in our bodies versus an opening and how that can impact our health. So the constriction and inflammation lead to a lot of the autoimmune or ongoing chronic pain or illness. And there are really simple ways to turn it around. One of the things we talk about, we talk in this podcast about Ayurveda. If you're not familiar with Ayurveda, it's an ancient Indian system of medicine that takes a full whole body approach. And we talk about doshas. So 
your dosha is essentially your body's constitution. How are you made up? And once you know your dosha, you can understand what foods are meant for you, what levels of physical activity best serve you. And it's really fascinating. If you go on Google, just type in Ayurvedic dosha quiz or just type in dosha quiz and you'll answer a bunch of questions on things like the shape of your physical frame, how you respond to stress, what your skin looks like, and basically understanding your physical and whole body constitution. And it will tell you what your dosha type is. So there are three types. And then that will help you understand what types of foods work for you and other things that will help you move through life with a little bit more ease. So if you're not familiar with it already, that might help give you a little bit more context as you listen to the episode. Definitely check out the quiz. What type are you? I'm a mix. I'm a vata and a pitta. And one of the things that I learned, and I talk about this a little bit in the episode, learning about my dosha was I'm not meant to have raw foods. And so for a while I was eating a lot of raw foods because I believed they were healthy, like raw smoothies, juices, like raw vegetables, but those don't do well with my constitution. And once I realized that this is not good for me, this is why I'm not feeling well when I'm having raw foods, it was really, really helpful and change the way that I was able to absorb nutrients and digest food. So that's one example of something that you might learn from understanding your dosha. I'm the same one actually, Vata Pitta. Oh, wow. Vata Pitta. Pitta. Yeah. And remember, I remember when we, in July, I was making those smoothies every morning, <laughs> like zucchini. I thought I was so healthy, <laughs> but it was making me, so, it was, I was getting so sick and I thought it was from the coffee, but it was actually that. So luckily yeah. I've stopped that now. I cannot have raw foods. Let's get into this conversation. So we talked to Naraj about his journey to becoming the renegade pharmacist, his incredibly moving story on how he healed himself from the autoimmune disease, ulcerative colitis, the number one symptom that you are a bit off track with your life and could cause long-term health issues. Yeah. And he also talks about, like I said, the specific questions that you can ask yourself to understand if you're living a life that's going to give you optimal health or not. And he goes into his breathwork method called the Soma breathwork method, what it is, the benefits you can have in just one session and how it is all backed by the science of how our body works. Kat, you did the first breathwork session. Uh, How was it? It's so good. I'll link to it in the show notes. It is incredible, especially if you're someone who doesn't like doing a meditation for a long period of time. It goes by so fast. It's 22 minutes long, but the breath work is all done to the beat of the music. And it was just incredible. Like I could feel vibration all throughout my body. Like it was just, I did it this morning and I just felt like I was waking up. Like it's very, very powerful. All right. So you'll learn all about that. And then you'll learn all about the science behind autoimmune and all of the things we've talked about in this episode with Niraj. Mm -hmm. Hope you guys love it as much as we loved getting to talk to him. Yeah. Let's get to the episode. Like I said, Naraj, we're so excited to talk to you, really interested and fascinated by your work and loved learning about your backstory. I know that you're known now as the renegade pharmacist, but you're, you were trained as a traditional pharmacist and started your journey from that place. So I'd love if you could share with us a little bit about your background in that context of 
becoming the renegade pharmacist from the place of, you know, being a pharmacist in the traditional sense? Yeah, sure. Well, a renegade by definition is somebody who kind of sees like major issues within a system and decides to create their own one or to break away from it. And uh, I think more and more um, as we progress as a species, we have to start questioning these old dogmas that have stayed in systems that have kept people um, away from the real truth. And so I, I discovered this uh, the moment I stepped foot in a pharmacy. Like what I know straight away was the fact that so many people were going away with shopping bags full of drugs every month. Mm. And, you know, it didn't seem like anyone was really genuinely getting better. And the more I delve deep into all this, the more I realized that the medicines are there for a purpose, but they're not, shouldn't be the only treatment that a patient's offered. And right now, that's all they get is drugs. And for most people, for most cases, unless you get a, you've got a lucky doctor who really has like done their own um, kind of study outside of the norm, most people, the front line is, is drugs and medication. So that's where the problem is, is because for most disease, like, okay, medicine and doctors, pharmacists, all of that are great when there's an acute problem, like an infection, like a serious infection, or someone's just had a car crash and um, they need an emergency surgery. They're amazing for that. They save people's lives. You know, I'm going to, if I have a serious injury, like in Copenhagen, there's more motorbike accidents than there are of um, infections usually. You know, if I have, which I have done in the past, I'm, first I'm going to go to go to the hospital, right? I'm not going to go and have some kind of other alternative treatment, but I'm just going to go to the thing that really works. However, when it comes to chronic problems, this is where the problem is. Chronic diseases, the diseases of lifestyle, diabetes, heart disease, you know, inflammatory conditions. These conditions are basically like diseases that are affected by what you eat, how you think, your emotions, you know, even like the career that you choose to do, how stressful it is. You Are you enthusiastic about doing your job? Things like that. And these are like stress-related conditions. So they take years to develop and then it kind of hits you in one go and, and it's almost like a cop-out of the system. You know, for a lot of people, the reason why they get obese, fat or overweight or diabetes or heart disease, things like that, it's quite often it's it's like they're copying, the, the body can't handle being in this system anymore and it cops out. That's what I've noticed, especially mm-hmm. it happened to me. So I actually had a chronic illness. Like after years of um, trying to work within the system, trying to do things to help people and just constantly being shut down, like I just got so disillusioned and the stress kicked in and boom, I got chronic illness called ulcerative colitis, which they told me was incurable. And I'll be on drugs for the rest of my life. Um, one of my doctors even said that oh, you're going to wear a nappy because I, it makes you go to the toilet like 40 times a day. It's horrible. Okay. You're bleeding every day. I lost so much weight. And I kind of surrendered to the, the medical system at this point. And I, there's so much fear, like, especially for my parent, my family. There was so, there's so much fear because like, they obviously want the best for you, but they all they know is what the doctor tells them. So I was like an environment where, and a lot of our relatives are doctors, and they really put a lot of kind of this pressure on taking the drugs. And I was getting all the side effects. Then 
I went to see a consultant and she basically said, look, you've got two choices. Because the drugs aren't working so well anymore and all these side effects. You either have your colon removed or you go on a, this trial for this drug that hasn't even been tested yet. So I was like, this was like the last straw. And I was 31 years old. So it was, this is to be, have no colon at that point. So, and on the internet, all you get is all these horror stories of, you know, like people my age and older who are housebound. I was housebound for like a year at this point. So anyway, I, like they say, God stands with gift of desperation, right? So I, I basically went inward and I prayed and by sheer faith, a close friend of our family now, a yoga teacher in the UK, Swami Amrikananda, she taught me, uh, she said to me, basically, you got a gift. Like, if you can transform this and do this naturally without taking anything, you'd be a great role model to others. And it was that shift in perception, a one shift in perception that made a huge impact. And it put me on a different, it was almost like my nervous system changed when I got that hope that there is an, another way out. And she, she basically, and I'm very skeptical. So, but she said like the foundations of pranayama, Ayurveda, yoga, if you follow these, if you study this, you should be able to get back to balance. And she kept saying one thing to me over and over again. But first you must make peace with your situation, your present situation. Because I, I lost my faith in humanity. I mean, it, the reason why is a long story. It involves a lot of kind of challenges in the corporate world. But it was really um, this making peace with my past, you know, past traumas, like think anger that you hold on to, resentments you hold on to from ex breakups uh, with relationships and holding things, you know, personally between your parents and all the things that happen as a young age. You have to deal with these things. Otherwise, like Buddha says, like if you hold on to anger, if you hold on to fire, the only one person getting burned is yourself. So you have to let this stuff go. And that was like a big part of the, the, the healing and making peace. Because according to Ayurveda, all these chronic diseases, chronic diseases of lifestyle are actually a spiritual disturbance. So, and this affects your nervous system. So if you think, what is it that, where does your thoughts come from? Where does your feelings, emotions come from? It comes from your hormonal system. And where is that triggered from? It comes from your nervous system. So your strength of your nervous system is like the strength, your neurology is the strength of your, your spirit. It's your spiritual power. It's your, your, your energy within. And your nervous system is the way it communicates with the rest of your body. But um, that, according to Ayurveda, if that gets weakened, if that gets like a lot of stress, According to your energy type, your personality type, your who you are, it affects different areas of the body. And with my energy type, the kind of person I am, we have different energies in Ayurveda that you can figure out. Uh, I won't go too deep into that right now. But we know a little bit about the doshas, right? The doshas, yeah. So for me, it was very clear that it affects the colon, uh, which is what ulcer glitis is. You get this ulcers in your colon, and it's the fire and the air combination when they go off balance that it affects the colon and it was amazing when i was reading this stuff when i read and doing the tests and all this how like accurate it was at diagnosing me more way more accurate than what the doctors were doing so i really went deep into this and i was like and then within a few months i killed myself i went really deep into pranayama 
these simple breathing practices. Pranayama literally means energy control. So it's the science of controlling the energy within. Oxygen, when you breathe it in, is what creates fire inside, the energy inside. So by controlling this inner fire, you can control the doshas as well. So pranayama is a, a very powerful tool from yoga. So it was learning all these different techniques and just simple stuff. I'm not talking very complicated stuff, just changing my diet, my mindset, having that sense of hope. Within a few months, boom, I was back to normal. Wow. And I made a pact. I was like, I'm going to do whatever I can to put science behind this. And I'm going to, um, I'm going to put, make a mission to spread this everywhere. And a bit, actually a big one thing I missed out was I'm a, I'm a, farm, uh, a music producer, not just a pharmacist, but a music producer. And that was my big passion when I was younger. And um, I was actually pretty successful when I was in my early 20s. But then one thing happened and I ended up being a pharmacist and I let go of my dreams. But when I was housebound and sick and I started to go back into the music, I realized that with music, you can actually change your emotional state very quickly. You can actually create certain effects just through brainwave frequencies and musical frequencies. And also, you can combine the breath, breathing patterns with rhythm. And over the years, that eventually led to, um, well, I ended up making music for some of the top therapists in the world, people like Marissa Peer, Mind Valley, Wim Hof, the Iceman you may have heard of. Oh, I did yeah. All the yeah. soundtracks to his stuff. Um, we've become good friends. You know, we, we go on tour sometimes together. We're going to do something. When all this lockdown's over, we'll do something epic together for sure. So. But that led into me creating this Soma Breath community. And it's basically like, you've heard of Zumba, right? It's like Zumba made fitness fun with dance, right? So we've kind of made these ancient practices fun through music and the tech, you know, this, this ability of like just taking people in these transformative states just through the breath. So we kind of made meditation and breathing, breath work into a, something that everyone can do and enjoy and get immediate results from. And that's led into this big community now. We've got like over 600 instructors. Every day we get two or three new instructors. It's just gone crazy. And thousands and thousands of students have gone through our courses. And the results we get are insane. So a lot of people come to me through because they had osteoarthritis. So a lot of people come through that. And we have amazing results with these gut disorders. So inflammatory bowel disease, anything related with the digestive system. Because according to Ayurveda, one of the first things that goes uh, from people is the digestion, the gut. And the gut microbiome is really important to your overall health. So actually, a lot of people can solve a lot of problems by catching these early symptoms you know, that you get. Uh, so if like an early symptom of disease, okay, and if you want to catch this one quick, this is the earliest one. This is what we train all of our people to do. And that is, if you are waking up without enthusiasm to do your work, your job, whatever it is that you do, and if you're waking up without enthusiasm to be kind and compassionate to people, that's the first symptom. That's the first sign of a disease that's creeping in. And the more you go on with your life ignoring this lack of enthusiasm for life that you have, this lack of love for life, the more likely that is to kick into a disease. Because what happens is this 
is an energetic spiritual disturbance. Like we are naturally a default supposed to love life and then to love our life. You know, you know, this darkness that's gone over this world for so long that has made people like fear other people, polarize people, and all of this has to change because that's what's creating sickness on a global scale. There is other places though. You get out of those communities uh, that I would grew up in. And you come to somewhere like this, Copangan or Bali, and you see, even in California, like in places like Encinitas where I've lived for a bit, and even like like cities like Barcelona, there are these thriving communities of like new entrepreneurs who are loving their life. They love it, and they're doing good stuff in the world. They're doing positive change in the world. And this is another big thing that we're about, is giving people that kind of passion back for their life. So that's the first symptom. The next one that most people get and they ignore it and they use all kinds of stuff to suppress it is a digestion. So heartburn, you know, indigestion, uh, constipation, diarrhea, like that combination, like basically irritable bowel. So many people get it, you know, but they ignore it and they wait till it's, it gets so bad that they're going to see a doctor and then the doctor just gives them a band-aid, which is like a pill uh, or some kind of mixture to drink and that temporarily solves the problem but it doesn't go to the root and that's usually it's there's some fire inside there's some anxiety or worry or tension inside the body you know chronic pain so if somebody's got chronic pain issues that's tension and tension's caused by being stressed right and that what that does when you're stressed you go into this contraction you become contracted rather than expanded we should be all naturally expanded full of courage and when you're full of enthusiasm for life your whole body posture changes when you're stressed anxious worried scared you're like more contracted and that tension means that you basically stop the blood flow to your organs to your muscles your organs joints that eventually leads to chronic pain and then your organs fail eventually you know several years down the road but why not solve those problems so these breathing practices uh what they do and these shifts in mindset that you can achieve, like through self-hypnosis techniques, mantras, things like that, is it literally, it changes your operating system, your mind. So imagine your mind is like an operating system. We install all these apps that run like programs. And people just do things habitually throughout life uh, without thinking too much about it. So what we've created with Soma is a technique for replacing those apps to reprogram, become your own software program and change your habits, change your belief systems, change your levels of compassion, enthusiasm like this, like with just simple breathing practices and visualization techniques. And it works like magic. It's amazing. So these are the things that we try and help people do. And just with pranayama, you can actually make these shifts. And then what happens is, you start to look at and feel your body again for the first time. You start to listen to your gut. You start to feel your heart. You know, you feel you feel the soma. The soma means body in Greek. And you start to feel things again. And a lot of what's happened, what I've noticed happened, because I was there, is that uh, you lose touch with who you are when you give away your power to everyone else. When you, you give away your power to the system, to um, the healthcare professionals and government and the politicians and all this stuff you stop thinking for yourself and you let other people program you 
And what we're about is actually getting back into the body, get it back into the feeling, get to know yourself, like your true voice, who you truly are, the truth. And it's working like magic, you know. And we can go deeper into how it all works, but that's kind of a, an overview of, of our methods. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I, there's so many things that I want to ask you about from that. We'll, we'll continue and even just into even more on the Ayurvedic stuff and, and the cold and the breathing. But it's so beautiful because it sounds like it's all simple what you did to heal yourself yeah. and then use that to create this program and go forward. It's like just changing the mindset can be so powerful and like coming out of that victim. This is my story. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And even like, I loved what you were saying about the, your experience as a pharmacist and how you just, it didn't sit right with you. In the past couple of years, I've been doing a lot more research on natural therapies because every time I go to the doctor, even when I look back as a child, everything was just, here is amoxicillin, here's some antibiotics. There was no like looking into what is actually causing that. Mm. And now as I'm going into and learning about all of this, these natural therapies, I want to understand why, like why is you know, my digestion off? Why are these things happening instead of just taking some sort of pill to mask it? So I really love that you're doing this work and providing education because I think that Mm -hmm. there's, you know, a lot of people who aren't educated at all on, on any of this. I have a question around, I love also what you were talking about. If you don't wake up every day loving your life, then that is the first symptom. What about somebody who may be in a transitional period? Maybe like right now, they're not able to quit their job or they don't have a job right now. What is something that they can do now that can help them just love their day more? Right. Okay. So this that's a great question because um, I think this is such a common thing and most people don't do anything about it. So the first thing is you've got to like understand that nothing is really your fault. So if you're in a situation right now where you don't love your life and you hate your job and you're complaining every day and you're moaning all the time, I was this guy. You don't want to blame yourself too much because that can paralyze people when they like lose compassion for themselves. And you got to understand that that the reason you got to where you are, and the reason, I mean, just exa- examples like us talking right now on this call, think of all of the things that have had to have happened in our lives. You know, the very fact that this computer was built and, uh, you know, Zoom was, or Squadcast, whatever it is right now, was invented. There's so many stories within stories and stories of how we ended up right now together. And same thing with your life is you are the product of so many different uh, interactions and the moment you were born the first seven years of your life you know you were programmed you were programmed by the tv by the parents by the schooling system and then you go through life and you know the job that you get or the school you go to university all of these things turns you into who you are and there was a point in your life where you you had a lot of enthusiasm it could, you know for most people until they become teenagers they're full of life you know, and suddenly they become these moody Teenagers, and I think it's not the hormones that make kids moody. I think it's you wake up suddenly and you realize that, hold on, this is not right. This system of education, these jobs and careers that I'm going to have to do to survive, that doesn't make sense. 
And you do feel it deep down, but you don't know any better, so you carry on doing it. So what the first thing you've got to do is you've got to start questioning and figuring out who you are, right? And how did you end up where you are? You've got to unravel a lot of your own programming conditioning. And you've got to really ask yourself some serious questions. Some of the easiest things you can do is like, first, is write your own obituary, okay? So like, write down, like, how would you want to be remembered when you die? That's a great little exercise you can do. It takes a bit of time to really get it right, but just start writing. Who do you want to be? What kind of person? What do you remember for? What are your real values? That's your core values, right? And then you can ask questions like this. If you had six months left to live, what would you do? What would you do right now with six months left to live? Another good question is, if you had 500 years to live and you had perfect health and you had the money and all that, what would you do if you had 500 years? These things start to give you a different perception of time and what you do with your time. And then you can also ask, I mean, I mean, they're, they're good enough. They're good enough for now. But what you can also do then is start to look at who are people out there who are kind of representing what you would want for yourself. You know, like, are there any people out there already living the life that you want to live? And another, what we do is we have this exercise called the average perfect day. And you work out your average perfect day, basically, which is a day which, with no limitations, you could just live over and over and over again. So it would be like, where would you live? Who would you live with? Who would be your friends? What would be your relationships? What kind of career would you, or would you have a business? You know, and you go really deep. These are self-inquiry questions. And then what you can do is you can actually work out how much would that day cost to live, right? And you can also, after a bit of like these meditation techniques we do, which really helps you figure out who you are, you can actually start to um, see what your true values are, whether that big expensive mansion in San Diego or Del Mar is really what you want, or can you live a better, more comfortable life with a lot less, less stress. Because when you start to work out how much things cost and the reality of things, you realize that actually some things are not even worth going for because it's, the, to get to that point would be way more stressful than, than it's worth. So then you start to embody like people who already kind of living, representing that average perfect day. Is there anyone out there already doing that? You figure that out. We have a program, it's called 21 Day awakening journey where you ask all these questions but you do it through this meditation practice with the breath and these breathing techniques okay that that alone the breathing techniques alone can change your physiology and change your perception because what are we ultimately we are a bundle of like hormones nervous impulses chemicals and things like that and energy basically we're, we're all energy e equals m energy plus matter so our, what we really are is a vibration vibration of energy and so we can actually correct this energy with just simple breathing techniques because as i said oxygen comes in it burns with sugar to create atp which is energy so we can really affect the energy inside our body just with simple breathing techniques we can actually rebalance the nervous system in the same way and what we teach people to do is these certain breathing practices okay using rhythmic breathing and breath retention, which creates a positive stress response on the body, which actually releases this kind of concoction of positive hormones in the body, 
that gives you this burst of inspiration. Inspire, inspire. The word inspire actually means to breathe in. It comes from spiritual. Spiritual means to breathe, actually. Espiritu means breath. And inspire means to breathe in. Expire means to breathe out. Okay, And conspire, by the way, means to breathe together. So conspiracy was actually people coming together and doing these spiritual breathing practices together until it turned into this dirty word. <laughs> people don't really know this stuff, but it's, that's what it really means. And inspiration, you know, that aha moment, that kind of satori where you, you get that sudden download, that thought, is something you can actually invoke through the breath. And these are what these powerful ancient practices were about was getting into these heightened states of consciousness where you can have that aha moment, that moment of clarity, that moment of insight where you, you find your passion and you go after it and you get the energy within to go for it, the enthusiasm, right? So really, what do people want? They want a result. What comes before a result? An action. And this is the outer world, okay? If you look at inner world and outer world, the outer world is full of actions and results. And most people... They try and solve their, try and fix their results by changing their actions all the time. But that's the outside world. And usually you only get so far with that. You have to go a layer deep because where do the actions really come from? They come from decisions. Okay. Those instinctive behaviors, that's what really matters. Okay. And where do those decisions come from? They're in the inner world. Decisions are, come from your thoughts and the quality of your thoughts impacts quality of decisions. So where do the quality of your thoughts come from? Well, there's a lot of different ways to argue that, but the way I like to look at it, um, which makes the most sense to me, is that thoughts arise from your nervous system impulse, your emotions, your feelings. You know, like when you have a, a bad day, like you don't think clearly, you, you make bad decisions and, and that can just go on and on. I remember like when I was at my lowest vibrational moment, when I hated my job, to the max. Nothing went right in my life. Like, you know, things would just go wrong. Like I'd leave the keys in my car and the car would get stolen. And, you know, I'd like just do stupid shit all the time. And, you know, that's because of bad thinking, bad decisions. And a lot of people are in this kind of mess. And so where do thoughts really come from? Where do emotions, feelings come from? They, they come from your hormonal system your nerve, and which comes from your nervous system, your physiology. So what we do is we work on the neurology itself, the physiology. And the breath is the number one thing. It makes the fastest impact on your physiology than anything else. It's like your own medicine. And what they discovered a thousand years ago was that we have an inner pharmacy. Okay, the way they discovered this, this is an interesting story, is from the legend of Soma. So basically, there was a time where humans lived in this kind of nature and harmony with nature. There were gods on the earth. They would do all these weird rituals and stuff like that. And one of them involved this concoction called Soma, which nobody really knows what it is. Okay, There's a few theories, but nobody really knows. And this would give them immortality. It would give them divine connection with the spirit world. And it's like this magical ingredient which all the gods were addicted to. Okay, And what happened was they were so addicted to it that when the soma starts to run out, they all freak out. Okay, And there's certain reasons why they may have started to run out, the so run out soma, is because 
it got controlled by other forces or it naturally ran out because wherever they were, they started moving around. It didn't grow or wasn't available to them. And they were so addicted on it. They were so dependent on the soma that they all freaked out. And that's when they all went inward. And they basically, or another theory is that there was like a Buddha type character who discovered how to create the soma within. Soma within is this positive stress response, this heightened state of emotion that you can create naturally. And this was the origin of pranayama, meditation, yoga, tantra, tantra yoga, all of these things that's designed to make you feel really good, give you all of the, the benefits of the soma. Because what they discovered was that we already have all the substances that exist in nature. We already have them inside our body and we can turn them on by using the power of the breathing, the breath, and eating the right food to substances, you know. And that was it. That was the origin story. So what I, why we call ourselves Soma Breath, because I believe is that I've discovered and revived this ancient practice that creates the Soma within in the most effective way. And it's basically, it, not only does it, like, I can show you scientifically that it, it can help with your, your, as an anti-aging effect. It can help with improving your circulatory system and your, the health of your heart, which is really important because the number one killer in the world is not viruses. It's actually heart attacks. Heart disease is the number one killer. Okay, So if you can prevent that, you can actually extend your life. Okay, And there's another thing in pranayama, that pranayama and yoga was developed by studying animals in nature, okay? So animals that live a very long time, like elephants, turtles, they breathe very, very slowly, like two to four breaths per minute. Animals that don't live a long time, like squirrels, rodents, they breathe very fast rates, like 30, 20 to 30 breaths per minute. Humans, we can choose how fast we breathe. Like we have conscious control over our breath. Not many animals can do that. I think dolphins are the only few other mammals that can do that. So we can actually, you know, speed our breath up, slow it down, hold our breath, do all kinds of stuff with our breath. So what the logic is that we can, through practice and series of different techniques, bring our overall resting breathing rate down. Okay, so our resting normal day-to-day breathing rate, it slows down. And what the father of this term oxidative stress which we, we may all be aware of. It's why we need antioxidants, because they protect against oxidative stress. What he says was that although it's very difficult to live without oxygen, it's also very difficult to live with oxygen because oxygen itself is corrosive. If I look at a car outside that's left for too long, it rusts, and that rusting also happens within. So by slowing your breathing rate down and becoming very efficient using oxygen, where you need the less amount of oxygen possible to create energy, we can actually prevent oxidative stress going on. So a slower breathing pattern, a slower rate rate of breathing, controlling that breath in the right way can actually also improve your health. Obviously, this has not been studied in a clinical randomized placebo trial or anything like that. But you can look at the science. You can look at the why do yogis go and live in the Himalayas? Why do they choose to live in low oxygen environments where the carbon dioxide levels are high? And they spend years developing acclimatization to be able to live in those environments. 
There's a reason for that. Why in the 1968 Mexican Olympics were people breaking world records left, right and centre? It's because they were at high altitudes. That's what they discovered was that the Olympics took place at high altitudes. And that gave the athletes more stamina, more endurance, stronger fitness. And that's why. So now they've actually developed like intermittent hypoxic training where you simulate high altitudes, going up to high altitudes and coming back down again. And this intermittent hypoxic training, what it does is it brings your oxygen levels down for a short period. It initiates this positive stress response. And it's been shown to have amazing effects on your health, like dramatic effects. So with Soma, we simulate that using these ancient pranayama techniques. We use meditation and music to make the whole process a lot more fun. And that's it. And it creates yeah. the same effects. Yeah. If someone is wanting to incorporate this into their life to get started with Soma Breath, like what does it look like? Is it something that you're doing every day and then is just part of your life or is it an intensive program? Can you talk a little bit about how someone would get started? Yeah. So we actually have almost everything for free on YouTube. So if you go to our YouTube channel, Soma Breath, or if you go to our website, somabreath.com, you can sign up for the webinar where I go into all of this in a lot more depth. And you can try out the 22-minute dose. So I believe with just this 22-minute session, you can have an amazing impact on your life. It's a session that combines this rhythmic breathing, which corrects your physiology, with breath retention, which gives you this oxygen efficiency and positive stress, which makes you feel amazing. But it's also got guided meditation on it that also makes you feel awesome, and the music as well. So if you just did that 22-minute session every day, you're going to have a great effect in your life. Actually, my business partner here, Gary, he runs company. His dad is an amazing story. He has a rare muscle-wasting disease. They thought it was polio, but it was something else. So he's really weak. But when he came last year to see Gary's baby for the first time, he couldn't pick up the baby, right? Then he came back six months later, and all he did all he did was our Soma. He did the 21 days, which is the more intensive course, which really is really worth doing. Everyone should do that. But then he just did the 22-minute session every day for six months. And when he came back, he picked up the baby for the first time. And he blew wow. everyone's minds. And he was like, yeah, all I've been doing is Soma. And he's since gone back for tests. And the doctors have said um, they're astonished because he's getting muscles tissue growing back which is incredible. So then there's other stories. Like I have a friend in Bali. She had all kinds of problems from breast cancer, cervical cancer, other things like that. And the doctors did investigations on her because she just does this Soma as well. She's a Soma instructor now. And she has an abundance of stem cells in her body, like, uh, which are, and her inflammations have gone down so much. And she just feels amazing. So the doctors were blown away. They're like, I don't understand how you've got so many thriving, healthy stem cells in your circulation. Again, she just does the same technique. So there's so many testimonials like this that we've got. So we're definitely doing something profound. And it's not something to replace pharmaceuticals or the healthcare system. No, we're dealing with chronic lifestyle diseases, which medicine, unfortunately, is hopeless at doing. The evidence is out there. You know, it's the mm -hmm. number, it's yeah. in the top five 
killers in the world is medical intervention and errors, prescription meds, which unfortunately associated with these chronic conditions. But with acute things, which medicine was really good for, um, even in Ayurveda, there's a place for drugs. That is for acute infections and accidents and traumas. Mm -hmm. Great for that. Um, what we do is we come in, we're complementary. We help you with your holistic, as in a holistic way. We make it easy, fun. And it's something simple that a doctor can just give out. In like They can just send them a link. That's all they're going to do. All right? Mm -hmm. It's not like it's complicated. It's not rocket science. You don't need a degree to be able to understand this. So we want to work with healthcare industries. We want to work with doctors. We want to work with pharmacists. We want to be complementary. We're not like this us against them. I'm actually losing the renegade name. I want to get rid of it because it, it gives this impression that I'm, I'm anti the system, but I'm not. I feel like we need to just keep evolving and improving mm. the system. Yeah. Definitely. I love that. And how does diet play into all of this? I know that you published that amazing infographic about what happens to your body after an hour from drinking a Coca-Cola, yeah. which is really fascinating and eye-opening. Yeah, right. What is your take on diet, having those things like Coca-Cola, alcohol, sugar in moderation? Are you for that, against that? What are your thoughts? So I believe that Firstly, like, I know people who eat really shit, right, <laughs> who never get sick and live a long time, all right? You know, like Wim Hof, for example, he's not, like, he doesn't take any supplements. He eats, like, macaroni and cheese most days. You know, he's not <laughs> like he's, like, really diet conscious. Even diet, the word diet, has dye in it. Right. Mm. Okay, that's telling. <laughs> so I, yeah. I find that people are very obsessed with diet, actually kind of doing them a disservice, doing themselves a disservice. I think that we've got to be responsible with our own health for sure and understand what is a toxin, what is a poison, and know your own body and all that. But I don't believe we need so many supplements. I don't believe we need so much restriction in our diet, avoiding so much. Because that, what happens is you get this anxiety about food over time. And that can be worse than, than the food itself. So I really believe like we need to eat less. That's for sure. Like studies are out there. Like intermittent fasting, things like that, great for your health. Eating less, smaller portions. Some people who burn off energy very fast, like who have got skinnier kind of frames like myself, they need to have more small meals more often. But people who have a tendency to gain weight very quickly, they don't need to eat as much. You know, one big meal a day, and very small kind of meals throughout the day is probably key for most people. And But you should really enjoy what you eat. You should love what you eat. You know, and eat like real food, not factory basic. My main rule is no factory diet. So avoid things made in a factory as much as possible. But if you read that article that I wrote on Coca-Cola, my main point was, look, one Coca-Cola a day is not going to probably kill you. But it's when kids are drinking two liters a day thinking that this is water, that's where you got a problem. Okay. It was, that article mm -hmm. wasn't like anti-Coke actually. It was just highlighting the problems of overconsumption, excess. And I think in balance, all of these things, even smoking in moderation has been shown in studies to prevent, and this is very true, you can look this up, low-dose nicotine itself 
it doesn't matter if it's from a nicotine tablet or a cigarette, has been shown to, firstly, people with colitis don't get colitis. Smokers don't get colitis, ulcerclitis. Because uh, nicotine has a therapeutic effect. That's why the the South American, you know, the native Indians all smoke peace pipes, you know, and it can also pre- has been shown to have uh, prevent degenerative brain disease and a whole host of stuff. You can look this stuff up, low-dose nicotine benefits, and you can see it. But it's even good for your concentration. So I don't believe in, like, ruling out everything from your life, becoming anti-anything. I'm only anti-going against nature and doing things that are ridiculous, like like to the excess. But I think in balance, if you find your moderation, everyone's moderation will be different. And knowing thyself of what you can handle, what you can't, is the key to a healthy lifestyle. Okay. And definitely eating less. We don't need as much food as we think. Right? Quite often when we're hungry, we think we're hungry, we're actually just thirsty. And quite often we eat way more food than we need because our stomach takes about 20 minutes to tell us that we're full up. And chewing the food is important. Chewing the food is so important. Uh, most people, unfortunately, they gulp their food down. They eat in a hurry, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And what our stomach doesn't have teeth. So, you know, so you need to use your teeth, all right? Yeah. Things like that. So, you know, just getting back to nature, being normal, not a robot. Yeah. And like in the spirit of keeping it simple, like we were talking about earlier, I love the idea of like, you should love what you eat. And that also can be applied to like how it makes you feel. I think that even as someone, you know, I'm always trying to be healthy. I, you know, try to be as plant-based as possible. And actually in learning about my dosha type helped me understand that like, Hey, this is why you're not meant to be having all this raw food. This is why you feel sick when you're having raw food. I was eating raw vegetables Mm -hmm. all the time and feeling horrible but I kept doing it because I thought it was healthy for me. So yeah, yes. I did that too, actually. I went down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't understand. I'm eating so healthy, but I was yeah. sick. It was actually making me sick. Yeah. That's one of the problems with the internet. Although mm-hmm. it's an amazing tool, mm-hmm. the problem is it's misinformation and there's people like pushing things like, like a religion and avoid those people. Anyone who says, this is how it is. This is the only way got to avoid that shit because that's mm-hmm. a religion you can spot those people a mile away they're like a little bit lunatic you know kind of kind of a bit crazy mm-hmm. yeah and i've fallen for that stuff as well i'm much more like about find out who you are ayurveda is a great system it, it figures out who you are it doesn't have a one size fits all mm-hmm. and what's raw food is great for certain dosha types just not for us mm-hmm. i can tell that you're more of a batter uh pitta kind of person is that right yeah, vata pitta mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we have more of a tendency to get a lot of gas and bloating with raw foods, and it just goes through us. It doesn't mm-hmm. ground us enough, right? So I, right. I had all these problems. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've been talking a lot about mental health this month as Mental Health Awareness Month, and just in the spirit of like using that as an excuse to talk about it some more because it's so important. Can you talk about, you know, we talked so much about the breath and the resilience with the nervous system and some of the physical stuff, but can you talk a little bit more about like how some of this this breath work and some of the other pieces of the work that you've talked about can help with our mental health and, and emotional state as well? Right. Great question. Okay, so so I like to use the acronym L-O-V-E, love, all right? Standing for level of vibrational energy, okay? 
And we know, according to quantum physics, that everything is energy. Energy and matter exist at the same time. So a duality. So if you look at energy in motion as emotion, okay, so emotions, how we feel, are really just an expression of our energetic state. Okay, So there's a scale of love, of level of vibrational energy. And like the low vibrations, emotions like apathy, depression, fear. When you go up the scale a bit, like anger, hatred, envy, jealousy. And you go up the kind of the scale of emotions a bit. And there's always an opposite. So the opposite of fear is courage, right? And that's a different energy. It's more of an expansion. These other emotions are contraction energies. Anger can be actually an explosion. As well, anger can also the opposite can be compassion, right? Different energies, different physiological states. So compassion is much more open, right? Uh, hatred, envy, jealousy is much more closed. So when you see it, emotion like that, you perceive if you were to change your physiological state, even just by your posture, you can invoke a new emotion. Okay, even by breathing techniques, we can release uh, tension and create expansion and you can feel higher. Well, I don't, I hate to say high or negative and things like that, but you can feel a expansive emotion. So passion, joy, bliss can be invoked just through breathing techniques. Okay. And here's another thing. So look at the evolution of where we came. If you believe in the theory of evolution, where we came from single-celled microbes. I do believe there is truth to this, and there is also another way to look at it. But let's say, if you look at, there's a great analogy, which is that, and Bruce Lipton talks about this, which I really like Bruce Lipton, epigenetics. So back in our early moments on this planet, we were like tiny bacterial cells, microbial cells. And these were like constantly fighting with other colonies of cells. And they were always attacking, depleting resources. There was all this competition always going on. And then it would basically be like populations grow and then die, grow and die. Until one day they got tired of fighting with each other. Two cells came together on the basis, the foundations of trust, love, compassion, cooperation. All right. And they formed a multicellular organism. Right. And that became stronger, more evolved form of the other bacterial microbial cells that existed. Eventually, over millions of years, that evolved into us. But still, if you look at the womb, when we are rapidly uh, dividing cells, the cells come together on the same basis of trust, love, cooperation, compassion. And that forms who you are. So ultimately, we are a bundle of cells that came together on these foundations, okay? Now, when you are in an environment of stress and you carry a lot of these emotions of hatred, fear, negativity, like uh, jealousy, envy, and you hold on to these, these things from the past, or you have a lot of worry, anxiety of the future, fear of the future, okay? So your present moment, your default state is one of those emotions. It confuses the cells and confuses the consciousness of each cell, okay? And epigenetically, this can trigger certain cells to switch on and off. 
okay? And that's where the problem is. So disease creeps in when you hold on to these negative emotions or if, you're, if you perceive threat in your environment. So with the breathing practices, okay, what you can do is you can change through rhythmic breathing alone, okay, the coherence of every cell. And you can change the signaling and the communication between every cell to becoming more coherent, more, more based on a positive vibration. And we are really like a light body, okay? So if you look at every single cell, ATP that's produced in the mitochondria by respiration, by breathing, is a light energy. And every single cell communicates through these biophotonic light uh, energetic communications. Therefore, we have a light body. You know, science has shown this. And this can become irregular and disconnected when you have these low vibrational energies. By rhythmic breathing alone, just getting into a coherent breathing pattern, you're breathing in and out at the same rate. We use music to help you do that as well. You can actually bring a harmony to all the biorhythms. Every single cell in your body has a, its function is based on a rhythm, biorhythms. They're all actually subservient to the rhythm of your breath. So just through rhythmic breathing, you can correct this, uh, the pH of your blood and the chemistry of your blood and the environment that every cell exists in and bring harmony to yourselves. So uh, I hope that answers the question. Yeah. That our emotions are very, very strongly linked to how we breathe, how we think, our moods. And our moods and everything are very strongly linked to how we breathe. So therefore, there must be a very clear reason now why it, the spiritual, spirituality mean to breathe. And spiritual yeah. practices are all designed about bringing harmony between people, humans. So we live together in, on the basis of trust, compassion, cooperation. All right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why we're bringing back the spirit. That's all we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to try it out. After this, nice. <laughs> so, there's one question that we ask all of our guests, and mm. that question is: What in your life experience has been your greatest teacher? All right, I think I mean it's pretty kind of obvious. Is the <laughs> yeah. I, you have an obvious I one? Know, I, really, I kind of went through that already. So I, maybe I'll pick another one. But like that was definitely one of the most formative experiences was going through that healing journey. That was by far the most like transformative mm-hmm. experience of my life. Yeah. But it's not the only one. Like, so I think there's two things that, that really teach you about responsibility. Right? Is one is having a family. Second one is running a business, your own business. So I haven't had any kids yet, but I do have my own business, right? And going through that entrepreneurial journey with all of his challenges, pitfalls, and having a community now that we've got with over 600 instructors that I'm kind of responsible for as well, is for me the most powerful, transformative learning experience. And I recommend everyone does something for themselves rather than being enslaved in a system which they've given up all their power to somebody else. I think we all, our natural right as humans, is to be able to feed ourselves, to look after ourselves, to have 
uh, care for ourselves and our family. And we need to, as humans, get back to that. Otherwise, we're just robots, right? You're just, most people are just reading the newspaper and the media and making all their opinions based on that. No, we need to start thinking for ourselves. And more, and, and what's going to happen as a result of this crazy experience we're going through right now is more and more people are going to have to go inward and discover who they are and start to learn skills, being able to survive and support themselves in this new system. So I really believe everyone should do something now towards creating their own source of income or even going back into things, simple things like farming or permaculture. We all should go towards this. Mm-hmm. I, I'll yeah. add one little addendum to that question just because I think you'd be a great person to hear this from. Yeah. You know, you've created this beautiful conscious business with something that you're really passionate about. What would you say or like what piece of advice might you give to someone who is looking to start a business of their own, looking to start something of their own? Okay, so this is really good. Again, like I'm all about questions, okay? Question you've got to ask yourself, and this can sometimes, the answer can come through experience. That is, are you an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur? My company is based with, I've got lots of intrapreneurs who work with me. So intrapreneurs are like entrepreneurs, but they are creative and they are visionary in their own right and what they do. But they don't want to literally create something from scratch. They want to grow something that's already thriving, right? And they want to, but they still want to be creative. So I have, I surround myself with entrepreneurs who have tried to be entrepreneurs in the past, but haven't succeeded. And quite often, the reason why entrepreneurs don't succeed is because they're truly meant to be entrepreneurs and work within a, a system that supports their own creativity. So that's why I love our company the way it is, uh, the way it's been created. And it, the natural evolution of it, because it really encourages entrepreneurs. And an instructor, Soma instructor, is like an entrepreneur. They are trained in our techniques, but they have the freedom to use other techniques along with it. And they have a, a framework that we've given them. That it means they don't have to start and reinvent the wheel from scratch. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Like, what are you? You know, because being an entrepreneur is really really a different kettle of fish you have to go through like a lot of pain sometimes and fear of like and there's been many weeks and even months where i've had no idea where the money's going to come from no idea and not everyone's able to have that level of uncertainty i thrive off that to a certain degree even though it can be challenging but to be an entrepreneur is a very different thing very different. You have to yeah. sacrifice a lot to make that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's the reality. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for this wonderful conversation. If people want to find Soma Breath or find your work, where's the best place for them to go? So best is go to somabreath.com. So S-O-M-A breath, B-R-E-A-T-H.com forward slash free. We'll take you straight to the free stuff that we give away. Or you can go to YouTube and go to our Soma Breath channel where we have a playlist in there. You can actually check out a lot of free stuff that we've got, a lot of our testimonials and our masterclasses on there. So you can actually get experience of this. Or you can look up an instructor in your area. You can go to our website as well and you can find instructors who may be in your area. And we're growing. So there are now way more instructors out there than we had before. 
who may be close to you. So yeah, that's the things that I recommend. Cool. Well, we'll put that in the show notes too. So you can just click on those and find them easily. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show.